0: This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks. I have the pleasure of having Sarah and Rocks from Y7 Studios. If you have not heard of Y7, you've been living under a rock in New York City for the last <laughs> couple of years. So welcome to the show. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having
0: us. Awesome. So a good way to start off the morning here. Let's talk about why you started this company, Sarah, and why the DNA of this business is so powerful for all of your clients and why there's a buzz about Y7. Yeah. So I, I, I
1: it's a little uh, contradictory, but I actually hated yoga. I was super unhappy with the experiences I was getting. I was never feeling physically fulfilled or I felt like there was, I wasn't spiritual enough or I wasn't flexible enough. I didn't look enough like what a yogi was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And that was super distracting for me. So what Y7 does is we have taken out all of those distractions. It's a dark, mirrorless, candlelit experience. We focus a lot on music, and we've really made about the clients. So there is no celebrity instructor world at Y7. Mm-hmm. It's very much respectful of the fact that people are spending not only their money, but their time with us. And we want to make it as consistent as possible throughout all of the locations we have.
0: So, and, and Rox, you, you joined uh, Sarah when?
2: I joined a little over two years ago. I, my background's actually in hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, I was overseeing marketing at a, a hotel group for several years and was overseeing on the opening side for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started, there was one hotel. By the time I left, there were about 23. And I was actually in a Y7 class at Y7 Soho, mm-hmm. thinking <laughs> about my life and <laughs> what I'm going to do. And During class,
1: right? During class. Of course, yeah. Using
2: Y7 for exactly what uh-huh. it's for. And I'm walking out and I get a I get forwarded an email for the job description for this for mm. this role. Wow. And so I was like, that's pretty serendipitous. Change, yeah. Change lives. Change that's lives. Like, that's like
0: so uh, you know, ironic and timely. Yeah. Y- yeah. You targeted her, right, Sarah? Absolutely. Like you knew she was, right where she was walking out to exactly. check her phone. You're going to yeah. hit her up for the job.
2: Exactly. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to use the, the member database, actually, for your Is that um, what it was? For your benefit. No, no. no. I kidding.
1: mean, <laughs> you, <laughs> was I know. Because we I was had like, to set it up. I was like, you came in at that point. There was nothing no, there. I, I, I know.
0: <laughs> was, no, the, the company was, was just starting and trying to figure it out?
1: Yeah. It was, we're still, I mean, we only have a team of what? 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, our leadership team is 10. So Rox was one of those very first hires that we made.
0: So you're you at 14 locations now, but let's go all the way back to the beginning. So you, you're frustrated with the yoga yeah. uh, as a, as a practice. Yes. I right? like when they say we're doing yoga practice. Cause you're never really like playing it. You never, you never really get it. You're not, like never become an understand- expert. right? I like that you yep. get Just gotta that. Keep practicing. I it's kind of like if you were like back in high school and you were like playing a sport and you only practice and they didn't let you play any games. Yeah. Just keep practicing. That's all Someday it is. they'll let you go in. Maybe. So so what made you quit your day job to say, "Okay, look, I'm going to go jump into the boutique fitness industry against, you know, all the big pseudo titans of SoulCycle and Barry's Bootcamp and why does Sarah Levy have the right to do this?"
1: Well, I didn't think I did. So, <laughs> I actually had a full-time job for the first 2 years all right, good for of Y7s. I didn't know. You know, this wasn't my background. I didn't know the space. I didn't know really much of anything what I was doing. It was a lot of learning by Mm doing. And after we signed our third lease, which was the Flatiron Studio, which Mm -hmm. you had the pleasure of going to, the new version. um, That was the first, like, full lease I signed where I was responsible for the cleaning staff, the garbage, like, figuring out all of that. Every other space we were in was kind of a community space or you know a pop-up sublet space Mm -hmm. so that stuff was all taken care of for us so it became really apparent after opening that studio that if this was going to go anywhere I had to quit my job and so I did. And, and why,
0: why is it called Y Seven? Where does that come um, from?
1: You know, there's no real, there's no real thing behind it. Oh, the come on, I make know. some of the rocks,
0: rocks. I give me know a story the on Y this.
2: just stands for yoga y and Y7. the Y Seven,
1: and the Seven stands for the Seven Chakras. That's it. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Okay,
0: all right. At least got it. That's yeah. that's good enough. Yeah. Right. It's it still, works. Yeah, and it, it it's makes a brand.
1: sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's all, well, now that you tell me, it makes sense. Before I, I was, I wanted to ask that question, so now I got that off my chest oh, and feel much better. Okay, good. So you know, you take the, you take the leap, you go to 23rd street, not a, um, not the most inexpensive place to, to open up a studio or sign a personal guarantee on a lease or, you know, bring in investors for that. Um, you know, how much of it did you then say, all right, I'm going to do this now. And I, and I, I'm starting to think about like the economics, the revenue per square foot, the, you know, revenue per member, like what, what, what kind of, as you kind of like, jumped over the chasm a little and said, okay, now I'm like an operator and just like my full-time job. How much did you kind of like, uh, arm yourself with like data versus saying like, look, I just, I know what people want. I'm just going to keep doing that.
1: It was a little, it was a little bit of both. I, you know, The way that we expanded was really we didn't spend any money on marketing or advertising or anything like that. It was all word of mouth. We actually Mm -hmm. used ClassPass a ton as a marketing tool, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, we still use it for. It's a great way to get in front of clients. And, you know, it's just sort of built in Mm -hmm. um, to their model. So as we kind of grew and looked at it, it was who's buying ClassPass? or who's buying class packs, who's doing monthly memberships. Um, what do those costs look like? How many people can we fit in a room? How, like, what is the experience like? Can we add more classes? What times are we optimizing? And mm-hmm. it's a lot of data collection from Mind Um, We use that a ton to look at sort of what classes are, you know, doing really really great, what maybe we should switch a time by by like 10 15 minutes. Okay. And then it wasn't really until we started to get very overwhelmed with what that looks like and how we were hiring, how many teachers we needed and all of that that we decided to bring on Carp Riley um, clean up our financials and gotcha. hire a team.
0: So you got a zero marketing budget, you get rocks to work as head of marketing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. How does that feel?
2: feels great. Uh, yeah, day one was like, okay, you know, we need to do a lot of foundational work here.
0: Foundational work. Which foundational means I need work. some money, Sarah. <laughs> Sorry.
2: Sorry about that. But no, to, to the brand's credit, I mean, it is such, it was born out of an authentic desire for Sarah right. to create this company for something that she didn't see in the market. Mm-hmm. And that has always been true in everything that we do in the marketing is mm-hmm. making sure that authenticity really shows through. And to really bring up those people who are the brand advocates for, for Y7 mm-hmm. because Y7, is a it's a polarizing experience. It is, you know, it is intentionally designed. It's dark, it's candlelit, infrared heated, there's no mirrors. And to Sarah's credit, it is created that way so that you really have this safe space to practice mm-hmm. so that you don't have these outer distractions. You're not comparing yourself to others in the room. And we always want to have that come through in the marketing and the people who love it, love it. Mm -hmm. And we really want to work with them to build them up and have them tell our story.
0: Gotcha. So, um, somebody said to me the other day, all this company has, they just have a really good brand. I'm like, well, isn't that kind of like all that really matters? Like, you were actually making a promise to someone. It might be a letter and a number, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Y7, right? Or, or soul cycle, you know, like, okay, that's that's a that's not just a brand, like, it's a promise. So, as you think about like kind of protecting yeah. the brand and like what the brand stands for, like, what, how Maybe. do you think about that?
2: Yeah, no, I think. One that was this is one of the the big hurdles that we were looking at as we're going through this major expansion and really bringing this brand into new markets and talking to new clients who have never stepped foot in a Y Seven to make sure they understand the why behind why we do this Ooh, I like and that. and the why <laughs> the why behind there you go That's the, lot the of why behind Y Seven um, but really why this brand was started and, and why we do what we do and. For us, it was sharing that. So actually, earlier this year, we developed our Y7 Anthem. So this is the declaration of our core beliefs. It really talks to the ideals and the culture behind this community. So when you walk into any of the studios, so you might have seen when you came into mm-hmm. to Flatiron, the Y7 Anthem is on the walls of every studio location. We put this out with a video that really had it showcased all authentic people who are clients and employees of Y7 who truly love this brand and really explain what we do and why we do it and and showcase that community in, a, in an authentic way mm-hmm. rather than just, okay, here's another yoga studio coming into to this city and you know, they have a cool brand and it's edgy, so kind of like what this person said to you. Mm-hmm but really talking more about the depth behind it and how this was started.
0: Gotcha. So, Sarah, how do, how do you interact with, with Rocks when it comes to, you know, batting back and forth ideas or basically, you know, allowing her to run with the marketing or you know, just like give us a little bit of the inner workings. Yeah, of because work? I <laughs> I, don't know, I think a lot of founders that I've worked with and even in my own company, you know, I've got a very strong opinion about what things look like, what the messaging is, what the font is. Um, so maybe just talk about like how you've kind of said, okay, look, I've got really smart people around me and I'm going to empower them. But at the same time, like, you know, there's a DNA of what I created and like, you gotta, kind of gotta respect like yeah. some boundaries around that.
1: Well, I will say this, here's the one thing that I am very good at. I'm really good at knowing what I don't know. Good. So my Understood. whole team is experts in really what they do. And, we talk a lot about what the brand means, what the experience is, and there's different iterations of what that looks like. That can look like something different to each person. It can look like, you know, the class in the studio can look like a place for someone to completely turn off. It can be a place for someone to turn on all their feelings and mm-hmm. have a really emotional and experience in there. Mm-hmm. So protecting that and understanding that each experience is going to be different depending on the person is really at the core of what we do with our marketing. So it's really making it what the client wants. It's what we've done from the design of the studio. You walk in, everything is super clean. It's super minimal. There are no images or symbols or anything where you mm-hmm. might walk in and immediately be like, oh, I don't I don't know what that means, so I already feel kind of excluded of what this could be. Gotcha. And I really let, I think I do. I don't no, think I might uh, remember. No, really,
2: really, to Sarah's credit, <laughs> and I think for, for marketing, but really for all the departments, she is so... Great as a leader in letting us all own our individual departments, mm-hmm. leading us there. We all have our strategic goals. We know what we need to do. We're all really aligned on this, this overarching initiative to grow this brand, mm-hmm. but she really empowers each of us. To and by each of us, I mean each of us, because there's one person in every department. Okay. <laughs> to, to really, no, but really, to individually own our our groups and and grow this this team together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also important to note that everyone who works for us is is also a true Y Seven client, and that is is the key thing. It makes mm-hmm. my job much easier. I'm marketing to myself. Sure. So right. You know, I, it's been yeah. I don't think yeah. we not a
1: single person who we have hired hadn't been to a Y7 class. everyone right. been like, hey, like I've been coming here for years, saw the job posting. Right. So it's been helps. really nice that everyone also like understands and we're drawn to work at the company for, you know, reasons that it was started.
0: Mm-hmm. So most of the brands that, that come up and have new concepts, typically mm-hmm. it's an instructor right. who used to work somewhere else and has kind of taken their show on the road. Um, so, so you're, it says that that you're basically never teach a class. No. So who, who actually curated the the programming or how did that, did you curate that and then yeah. kind of taught everyone mm-hmm. how to do it?
1: That's really how it started. Mm-hmm. Um, it really started with the repetition. It's what I was craving in a class. I would get really stoked, you know, in a yoga class, they'd, you know, tell you to do something on the right side, you do it. I was kind of figuring it out. And on the left side I did. And I was like, okay, I get it now. I can't wait to do it again. Right. <laughs> nope. I was like, wait, but, but I can do this now. So can we do it again? Kind of thing. So the repetition and the three flows and the one breath one movements really designed to take you to this peak in class. So you do, and you are getting this workout, you are feeling this intensity of the movement mm-hmm. and you know, you're constantly working on something within your body. So I thought that was really important because I was always getting, I always felt myself sort of drifting in mm-hmm. yoga classes and not really paying attention and mm-hmm. Having that constant movement, I think, is really a benefit. Um, so, you know, from taking a ton of yoga classes, knowing what I did want and what I didn't want, kind of informed how we wanted to structure the class. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're fortunate that we have really open-minded teachers who are willing to go with us on this journey. And, you know, now we have this really incredible team of teachers who are a teaching support team who hire, train, audition, manage these teachers. We're constantly going to classes. Every instructor at Y7 gets taken um, at least once a quarter and spends an hour with one of our senior teachers getting feedback and making sure they're staying, Mm -hmm. you know, on brand. The music is on brand.
2: The sequencing is on brand and that everything is super consistent. Gotcha. And it has been consistently like that since the day you started Y7 Mm -hmm. that how the room is structured, the experience when you walk in the door and the format of the class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, again, go back to ignoring kind of the noise and the comments from other people of, okay, why it's too hot or the music's too loud or why is it so dark in here? It's like, that's, that's what the class is. And that's right. that's why it was created this way. Mm-hmm. And even the format of the class has has never changed.
0: Mm-hmm. So in some of the classes that I go to, uh, not Y7, but in some of the classes, I'm always focused on the instructor. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to like basically follow a specific mm-hmm. instructor around, you know, how have you kind of managed through, like, we've got these rock star instructors at the same time, you know, it basically, why you come into Y7, you're not necessarily coming to a class, you know, because of an instructor, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's kind of a healthy balance between the two. Cause I think it's really important from a standpoint of like understanding your brand, understanding like these are your members. And they're not like members of the instructor, kind of like at right. a hair salon, you know, like the yeah. lee is like better find somebody else to fill yeah. that seat because yeah. you just lost most of your clients. So how totally. do you how do you think about that? And, and at the same time, obviously, you got a great core base and, and you want them to know that you that you adore them and that you appreciate yeah, them and you want it, them to grow.
1: It's it's an interesting thing because it um, was a choice that, you know, I made in the beginning. So our instructors never have to compete with me. Mm -hmm. You know, there's never, you know, a special event class or some, you know, something where there's a lot of press that I'm doing Mm -hmm. that I would take from them. Gotcha. It's we always distribute it equally. We give everyone an opportunity to have, you know, teach those classes. We just taught a class at um, where for Bustle. For Bustle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With uh, Lizzo performed later that day and our instructors got to teach to like over 100 people. It was really incredible. And that's something I will never do because... The studio is not necessarily about me. Right. So by not making it about myself and making it solely about the clients and the experience, it's really trickled down to the effect that that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're giving everyone a chance to really shine and to play their part and to do what they want to do. And we have a lot of opportunity in terms of, you know, being doing more as a teacher within our team. So there's workshops, there's um The continuing education team, which does a lot of our modules, which is a whole separate part of the business. There's leading retreats. There's teaching these special event classes. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that we do in terms to empower them and, you know, make
2: them feel that they are making a difference. Gotcha. And, And these classes are, they're accessible in a way to really for people to come in at any level. And so the class is, again, a consistent experience no matter what teacher you're you're coming to you're really going to get the same experience every single time mm-hmm. independent of the teachers who are there and that's how you scale right yeah. like i can't scale with sure. two no. three incredible instructors right. i'm going to burn them out right, right. and
1: right. that happens then we actually cap the number of classes that our teachers are allowed to teach per week mm-hmm. because i've seen them get burnt out and i've seen them deliver not so great classes not because they don't care but because They're exhausted and they can't do it anymore. You know, they're in this heated room. They're talking a lot. You know, when you're talking at people for an hour, that's like a lot. Yeah.
0: yeah. So
1: it's, you know, it's something we've been really, really conscious of.
0: It's really an
2: opposite mentality to a lot of studios. And that's what gives it such longevity, I think.
0: there, 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 There was a second class I went to one time. It was like a 7.30 p.m. class, and the yeah. instructor comes on. And he's like, oh, it's my fifth class of the day. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? On an airplane, like, the pilot doesn't come and say, like, this is my <laughs> yeah, 12th like that, leg of my yeah, flight today. Like, that I'm like, doesn't make you
1: feel great. I want to know
0: I want right. to know this is the most important hour uh, of 100%. your day because the most important of mine.
1: Exactly, right, so which is why, like, we kind of, like, yeah. Uh, so.
0: so switching gears over to, yeah. you know, taking venture capital or, you know, mm-hmm. growth equity capital, um, you know, it seems like this has been – You found a frustration that you had personally, turned it into a business, you know, and then you're kind of taking the leap and saying, okay, now I've got 100% autonomy. Now I'm bringing in an investor that has their own, you know, they they want to make money. They also want to grow an awesome company and they Mm -hmm. want to be able to say, hey, I was an investor in Y7 and that becomes almost like a calling card for them in a consumer market. So what did you, how, how did that process work and how did that, how'd you get comfortable with that and- um, you know, we're friends with the Carp Riley guys yeah. and Billy Logan. So, you know, let's just get it out there.
1: Yeah, no, it was actually, you know, I, I love kind of, you know, the story of us and Carp Riley. Um, so one of the, uh, one of the associates that was working there, um, at the time, his girlfriend is now his wife, uh, teaches for us. Oh, wow. And, you know, we were opening, getting ready to open the Upper East Side location. So we had sent an email out to all the teachers being like, Hey, Double studios, new class on the schedule, you know, send in your availability so we can put you on if it fits. Mm. And she, Courtney, wrote me an email and was like, hey, like, you know, I don't know if you'd be interested, but my boyfriend works at this private equity firm. And I don't know if you've ever thought about taking on capital, but would you be interested in an introduction? And the answer was yes. Mm -hmm. And it was Carp Riley. And that was really it for us. And it was so great because after a couple of meetings uh, with them, they got the experience. They understood that what we were doing, how it was different in the market. And Mm -hmm. they are so respectful of the class experience and the studio experience that I never have to really prove That it works to them. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never had a conversation where they're like, oh, maybe you should add this on the schedule because they know that's not in our DNA. That's not what we do. Mm -hmm. We do one type of class. It's 90 percent of our schedule. And that's what makes us different from every yoga studio out there. And when you look at, you know, yoga studios in general, there are not a ton that have scaled. To even where we are, you know, to your point, Pete, it's either, you know, a teacher that people follow that are taking, you know, their show on the road or it's the bigger guys. It's the huge, you know, it's the yoga works. It's the core power who have done an incredible job and who have hundreds of locations. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit different. So we're in this really interesting spot where we're kind of, you know, not based on a single teacher and we have the ability to scale, but we're not going to be these, you know, six studio room, like big sort of gym model places either. So Mm -hmm. it's in a really interesting place and they've been really respectful of kind of, you know, the experience and what we want to put out there and how we're marketing it. And, you know, really just been there to support us and, you know, give advice where we really need it.
0: So we, we, I've been showing, um, health and fitness and Halo related Mm -hmm. deals to Billy for 10 years. So he came back a year and a half ago, I guess. Oh, yeah, we did the Y7 deals. I'm like, all right, that's great. And then uh, hearing this story, you know, that's that's atypical to get like have one meeting with one investor and like that working out. So that's great.
1: Yeah, we could have continued as we were and continued to self fund, but you know, for it wasn't really sort of what I wanted to do. Also, understanding that I'm not, you know, what do I, I don't know how to really scale a business and sure, you know sure. they do. So that was really important yeah. to me and their consumer background and their background in hospitality too is super important, you know, to Rox's, speaking to Rox's background too. Like that was one of the reasons that she was so interesting to us is because I don't need somebody from fitness. I look at it as hospitality. Right. That's right. what we're doing. We're a consumer service mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing. And it's a little bit of a different lens of thinking of it, but, um, that's what we really do.
0: Well, so, um, you know, there, there are some companies where we've recruited people or we've talked to people about certain positions. And from a marketing standpoint, they might not have had to actually do marketing <laughs> because <laughs> they were able to fill the seats through word of mouth, not Y7. I'm just saying some of these other mm-hmm. groups and you think, yeah. Oh, you were headed the marketing at, you know, pick a, pick a, a big name. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, well, you didn't really do anything to actually drive that traffic <laughs> or understand that community. It was kind of, created and you became like the director of marketing for it. So
1: hmm.
0: uh, I'll tell you about it off, <laughs> off, <laughs> off camera.
1: We're all like, off camera. silence. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: no. So when you, when you look at the hospitality industry and you look at, you know, trying to, to create community and trying to yeah. drive traffic, right. Cause that's really your job Definitely. at the end of the day and getting the capacity, you know, how did you kind of uh, even being a client obviously helps, but, How did you say, Okay, this is appropriate, this is not appropriate for what we're trying to what I'm trying to do here versus in the hospitality side?
2: Yeah, I think it's it again relates back to maintaining the community and really showcasing the experience of Y7. You know, we can go out there and, you know, target a bunch of people who love yoga and have their spiritual practice and their routine practice that they that they always go to. But we also recognize that, like Sarah, you know, she couldn't find this type of yoga format that she wanted. So we want to find kind of like the opposite of that Mm -hmm. people who are thinking, okay, yoga is not for them. And really targeting those people in in a different way with a practice that is unique and something that they haven't already found. So it's about finding those people and really a mix of of different marketing, but always kind of coming back to the local side of marketing events and partnerships and making, getting people to understand the community feel of how it is to be a part of this brand Mm -hmm. and what it's like to really be a part of this. Because yoga is a different experience. We're not we're not selling T-shirts. You know, we're, we're right. selling the experience of when you're walking into the door. Sure. So that is what we need to have people understand. And that is always at the, the forefront of, of what we're doing whenever we're considering any type of marketing activation campaign.
0: Gotcha. So, so you're at 14 locations. Is that correct? Uh,
1: 14 signs. Chicago will be 14.
0: Okay. So as you think about when when you go to sleep at night and then you wake up and you're like, all right, how many locations do I need to have? Do I want to have? You know, what's the, yeah. obviously there's like a growth like embedded, mm-hmm. you know, companies come in and say sometimes like, you know, how quickly should I grow? You know, I'm like, well, you we should grow only what you can yeah. handle um, and, and don't over, get over your skis like forever 21, you know, just file bankruptcy. I, yeah. You know, like, why is that? Because they just grew too fast and couldn't manage the business and somebody convinced them to go into 40 countries, right? And just the the wheels came off. So I guess the question for you is, you know, what, what's obviously you want to get more and more people to, to have this experience Mm -hmm. and that's kind of your guiding light, if you will. Like I want to teach people how and have them experience how I feel, which is better than before. Right. Right. So how do you think about, when, when somebody says to you, you know, okay, you know, are you going to get, when are you going to get to 50 locations or when are you get to a hundred, you know, how do you think about like, all right, this is what I want to do today. This is what I want to do over the next 12 months. And like, let's just see what happens like later on.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not thinking really in terms of the number of locations. I look at it more in terms of market. So when I'm thinking about expansion, it go, it's, you know, looking at what we have in New York, looking at what we have in LA, we're going into Chicago early 2020. And what does that look like for me? So I know that I can have, you know, five to eight in Chicago, no problem, just because the density and the way the city's laid out. And then I can think about as soon as I sort of get, you know, a flag planted there, I want to do, you know, Philly and DC and cities that, you know, I know that my East coast team can handle Mm -hmm. and I can send members from my team out there quickly for two days a day to sort of scout, train, whatever that looks like. And I know that this team that I have in New York can handle that. So for me, it's building out the team and understanding sort of what the personnel needs, you know, mm-hmm. are for that market and not getting, you know, wherever new market I go into, the cost is going to be the same. So mm-hmm. for me, if I go into chicago or going to dc that opening cost is going to be the same right because i'm going to spend right. the same amount of marketing dollars you know the same amount making sure i have a double studio model and it's this you know really great flagship so where am i going to get the most of that money like where am i going to get just like where am i going to get the most for that money gotcha. And i know gotcha. right now like that for me is chicago because i know i can have a certain amount of studios there whereas mm-hmm. i can utilize my east coast team for some east coast cities
0: yeah. gotcha so, what are some of the things that people hear you say? Or like, what's your favorite quote? Like both of you. Are there <laughs> I know. any quotes I that know. come I out know. all I the time? Know,
1: <laughs> well, this is the one thing I repeat. We always laugh because I try not to like read questions before, so I don't sound the same in every single podcast or interview I do. Oh, okay. But the one thing that I always come back to is what one of my teachers said to me when I was endlessly complaining to her (laughs) over cocktails and just about things that I had no control over. she looked at me and she was like well you know my teacher said to me one day it's like this now and basically it's you can only move forward with the information you have now and that's all you can do things Mm -hmm. are going to be different in 10 minutes they're gonna be different in five minutes they're different than they were 10 minutes from before so you can only you know make the best choice with the information you have now and I was like, that was such a nice way of telling me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I tell people sometimes I'm like, like lose your rear mirror because like yeah, you can't change any of that and, like, You just can't. keep going forward.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So. and rocks. Ooh, you know, I'm gonna steal one of Sarah's that she always says, which <gasps> is, I know. <laughs> but you know, we 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 always joke that we do the most with the least, and I think that's so true. I mean, this this team is is a really lean one, but we all really have this profound respect for each other and build each other up. And we do the most with, with the least, like we are on this expansion plan and it's, it's not stopping. Mm -hmm. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry about that. Great.
0: So, so as you give people advice, you know, what, what would you tell entrepreneurs that are, you know, coming up with their own idea, you know, what, what, what would you tell them?
1: Uh, I, I always think, you know, the best, I think people can overthink their ideas to death and then it ends up becoming something that they don't even care about. And, you know, when business owners or entrepreneurs lose that, you can kind of tell and it doesn't have that same heart. They don't have the same way of talking about it or, you know, wanting to move forward with it. And I I think the best thing to do is just to kind of start now Mm -hmm. and see where it goes from there. You can always pivot. You can always take a break. You can always do all these other things. And just if you start now, you'll know if you're on the right path or if you need to make changes. You can't wait
2: for that. And I think you you can't start out with the intent of making money and going up against these other competitors and looking at it that way, or even to appeal to everyone. You you really need to narrow your focus. Mm-hmm. Start from where you you see the the white space, and really focus on okay who is who is this this target, and really build up those people because those are the people that are going to spread the message for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. So in closing, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having us. Let's start now. Let's hit a Y7 class.
1: Yeah. You guys ready?
0: Do it your way. Do it Sarah's way. And Rox will back it up and make sure everyone else shows up.
1: Uh Uh-huh. I'll be there. Perfect. All right. See you in Chicago. Great.
0: Awesome. Thanks you so much. Thank you. All right.